Hello, everybody, and welcome to another PTSM Network Classic. As uh, every week we take a look at some of the uh, fine moments from uh, years past with the WWF slash WWE. This episode, and I'm always excited doing these uh, shows because uh, they just packed a punch. They put everything into them because it was network television. And uh, this is an episode, another one, of WWF Saturday Night's Main Event. This one from November 29th, 1986. It was actually recorded on November 15th, 1986, a couple weeks earlier. But that's the way they did things. They like to uh, have uh, the post-production when you're talking uh, network television. And this was, this was awesome. This was a great uh, period of time for the WWF, still riding high in 1986. And, uh, of course... The company had teamed up with Dick Ebersol, who was a uh, network executive who had been involved with Saturday Night Live and other network uh, television. And uh, this is a period of time where he had left the uh, company, he had left uh, NBC and had formed his own uh, production company. It was called No Sleep Productions. And he was still affiliated uh, with the network, and that allowed him to have... Uh, the opportunity to bring this programming to NBC. And, uh, you know, he had seen how the, uh, the tide had uh, really been going in the direction. Uh, uh, the wave was just still, uh, you know, riding high here for the WWF. It had all started with the rock and wrestling, and he had seen uh, the popularity of that, and it had continued on. And, uh, he saw a great chance here because Saturday Night Live would go on what they call hiatus every few weeks. They'd go five or six weeks, and then they would take a week off. It would give, give the cast a little chance to, you know, take a break because they would do those shows, you know, live every week, and they would spend the week prior to those shows putting the shows together, which were, from my understanding, a pretty pretty intense because they'd have to do all these rehearsals. I mean, they'd write the show, and then they'd have to rehearse the skits, and they'd have whoever the host would come in. And uh, so it was it was a long production schedule for them. So they needed a break, and this gave the WWF a break because uh, Dick Ebersol, you know, saw that uh, meantime they would put up some kind of programming, maybe a re, uh, you know replay uh, of a previous episode of Saturday Night Live, and he said, well, let's give this a shot because... Uh, the WWF professional wrestling was very popular at the time. And when it initially went on, they got really, really good ratings. So that opened the door for more episodes and people would look forward to this. And as I said, they would do them, you know, every five or six weeks. And that would give the uh, WWF an opportunity to have a show on during the year, maybe, you know, five or six times they would have these uh, Saturday nights main events. And uh, they were great. Great shows because the WWF knew that they would be exposed to an entirely new audience. I mean, you're talking late night uh, all across the country, a very, very broad demographic of people, uh, people who watch Saturday Night Live probably for the most part were young people, but you had a, a pretty good mix. And of course, you know, you have that, uh, that coveted 25 to 54 demographic, which was right in the middle of that thing. That was just exactly what attracted that crowd. And it gave the WWF an opportunity to be exposed to these people and uh, was, you know, advertising rich and would also attract maybe advertisers to their other programming as well. So it was really, it was a win-win all the way around. It was good ratings for the network. 
It was tremendous exposure for the World Wrestling Federation. But they knew they had to give people a show. You couldn't get away with what they did with their usual fans, uh, say with superstars of wrestling or Wrestling Challenge or Primetime Wrestling, uh, all the other shows where you could basically have a superstar in a match against somebody who wasn't a name, basically enhanced with talent or jobber or whatever you want to call them. Uh, you couldn't get away with that on network television because the audience wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't stick around. So what was awesome about these shows is that they would put superstars against other superstars and they would make them really good matches or at least try to. And so you could expect a really good show when they had these on. And, uh, you know, they were on for, you know, 90 minutes, which was the length of the Saturday Night Live show. And so that gave them a solid hour because, of course, the rest of it was made up in commercials, those uh, much-coveted sponsors uh, that they wanted, and they made money from these shows. But also, as I said, the big, big uh, point of all this was to show people that wouldn't normally watch professional wrestling, so to speak, uh, a chance to take a look at their product and uh, come to their shows uh, the house shows that they had, uh, you know, pretty much every night of the week somewhere. So that's what they had going on here. And uh, this is what uh, is featured in this event, uh, this uh, uh, episode of Saturday night, Saturday night's main event. And uh, really good lineup, really good lineup of people. You had uh, Hulk Hogan, who was usually on these shows anyway. And he was, of course, the world champion at the time. Uh, you also had an appearance in this show with Intercontinental Champion Randy Savage. Randy was the Intercontinental Champion. And the World Tag Team Champions, the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. And the Women's Champion, the Fabulous Moolah. Uh, so those were the champs at the time. And uh, they had some really great uh, bouts for this one. And they had Jake Roberts on, and who was really, really popular at this point in time in his career. And uh, he's going to, to face uh, uh, Randy Savage. And then Hulk Hogan uh, faces... Uh, Hercules Hernandez. Now, uh, Ray Fernandez, you know, who uh, Hercules, um, had had this, you know, he was with the WWF, and maybe you don't realize it, but he was there for about seven years and had a really good run coming in and was always involved in the mix until the, the latter years. But at this point, uh, you know, he had been uh, with them and was getting a good push here. I mean, he was going to be going up against Hulk Hogan. So that, uh, that's great to see him in this matchup. Uh, Roddy Piper is, uh, you know, really coming into his own in the WWF and uh, was very, very popular among the fans. And uh, it didn't matter what, what, what he was. They didn't care if he was a babyface or a heel. They just loved the character. So we can talk about some of these other, you know, uh, personalities that were out there. And it was like, you know, Stona, Steve... Uh, Austin was the first one who really blurred the lines. There were others. But, uh, you know, Steve, of course, uh, was one who really made it clear. But there were others who, who rode the line here, and, and Roddy was certainly one of those. You never really knew, was he a baby face? Was he a heel? And uh, they've got this angle going at this point against uh, Cowboy Bob Orton. Uh, the Killer Bees, which, uh, if you remember them... Uh, they, uh, they get a, a big shot here against the Hart Foundation. And uh, Jimmy Hart is, of course, uh, the manager with this, and you see, see him involved. Coco Beware, which, uh, you know, is a, is a big favorite of mine. I love Coco. He was uh, 
a personal friend during the time I was there with the WWF. And uh, for him to get a, a, a good shot here on network television was fantastic as he goes up against Nikolai Volkov. And then we get kind of, uh, I don't know, we'll see, you'll see what goes on in this matchup. But the magnificent Morocco, who had uh, seen better days in his career, is uh, on this show, and uh, he takes on Dick Slater. So that's that's what we got uh, heading up in, in this uh, this episode. But, uh, you know, it, it was just a great time. Uh, this, you know, the Saturday Night's main event lasted you know, quite a few years, but these were really the glory days of Saturday Night's main event. And I loved, they would do these, uh, like a string of promos at the beginning of these shows, and I just loved them because, uh, you know, the guys were at their best. And uh, I th- they scripted them uh, pretty much because everything in network had to be perfect. But, uh, you know, these guys were pros and they pulled it off. And I'm sure they, they molded them to their own, their own way. But, uh, you know, these, these were always fun to watch. As you will see, they got a string of those that start this out before they kick it off. And <laughs> well, uh, uh, we've got... Uh, Jesse Ventura is is the you know doing color commentary on here with with Vince McMahon, and I'll say it again. You know I always loved these two together. I was not real a big fan of Vince uh, doing a commentary with anybody else, but as a team, I I like them together, and uh, they have some fun with this, especially at the beginning because uh, obviously. Uh, Jesse's wearing a rug, and uh, it's not a bad one. I mean, it looks pretty damn good in it, but it is obviously a lid. And Vince makes light of it, and <laughs> it's, it, and Jesse uh, plays right along. So you'll see as he's going Hollywood here or whatever you want to call it. But that uh, that's uh, part of the fun here, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, before we get there, um, I wanted to check in with all of you and, and make sure you're all faring well. Uh, I'm, I'm so appreciative that uh, you, you tune in for these uh, Network Classics. I hope during this this time when we're all still uh, following these stay-at-home orders for the most part that uh, you're all doing well, your family is good, you're healthy. Uh, we're all respecting the self-distancing uh, thing going on, and uh, you know, you're just taking care of yourself and making the best of it. I hope many, many of you are employed uh, if you're not, I hope you are uh, getting uh, benefits that are helping you get through the month and, and that this is over sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, we're now that we're getting into the weeks of this thing, it's really, it's starting to wear on people. And I just hope that uh, at some point they're able to say, okay, uh, it, this, is, this is going to exist. This is something we're going to have to live with. But at the same time, we've got to get the country back to work. And uh, so... I just hope uh, I hope this finds you healthy and that uh, you get a chance to enjoy this and that you've uh, had a chance maybe to catch up on some of the other episodes. Um, another thing I want to mention, I, and I do, don't do this very often, but uh, I'm very appreciative of our sponsors that we, we have for our shows. I know the ads can be uh, tough to listen to all the time because they do break into our programming, but... Um, you know, without them, we couldn't be doing this. And especially this is a, this is a really tough time for people. So uh, if you can, please support uh, those sponsors. If you're in the financial situation where you can, please uh, support them because we need them. And uh, we are very, very appreciative uh, of them and, uh, and, and you uh, for, uh, for doing it. So uh, with that, uh, what do you say we get to this? Um, again, I want to remind everybody, I was talking about the ads. I mean, you can, uh, 
if you if you would rather uh, not have to listen to ads, you could do that. It's real easy. We have our Patreon membership that just for uh, $4.99, you get all, all of our programming, all of our content. Uh, you know, Mondays we have the Network Classics, and then, of course, we have an original episode on Wednesdays. And then we release uh, another episode from the vault, from the library. We bring it out and hope you'll listen on Saturdays. And they all drop on uh, at uh, 6 a.m. Eastern time. But if you'd like to get those early and ad-free, go to our Patreon uh, membership page. That's uh, patreon.com slash primetimemooney. That's patreon.com slash primetimemooney. And sign up. We'd love to have you. And then, of course, uh, I'd love to hear, you, hear from you. Get your thoughts. Let me know how you're doing. You know, uh, you can email me at uh, primetimemooney at gmail.com, primetimemooney at gmail.com. And, of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at primetimemooney. Okay, so uh, you know how this works. You know the drill. Uh, you want to go to the WWE Network if you haven't already done so. And then you go to the uh, in-ring dropdown, the in-ring dropdown there, and then go to Featured. Uh, click on Featured and then Most Recent. Most recent episodes, and that, uh, then find uh, November 29th, 1986. You know, when you go to Featured, you go to Saturday Night's Main Event. You know, you just roll over the icon, and then, like I said, go to Most Recent, and then find November 29th, 1986. So we are going to take a quick pause here, and uh, then we'll come back, and uh, we'll we'll roll. We'll go with this and, uh, and uh, do the episode, okay? So, Ready? Let's pause. All right, and we are back, and that means that you are all uh, queued up for this episode. Uh, this is uh, this is a, a fun one, as I said, and uh, most of these are pretty good um, because, like uh, I mentioned, they they really wanted people to like the programming here, and they knew that they had to deliver and uh, make it make it interesting for people. Because uh, they wanted to, you know, not only have people watch the whole program because they needed the ratings, but also, you know, attract some new, some new viewers that might check out their other programming, or they might take their their kids to uh, one of the events because at that time it was very much a family uh, oriented program, and they wanted to attract everybody, not just mom and dad, but the kids. So uh, this episode is. Uh, WWF Saturday Night's main event, November 29th, 1986. It was uh, recorded at the Los Angeles Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. And, of course, Jesse's going to play up, you know, because he's Mr. Hollywood, basically, and, you know, doing movies and everything else he's got going on. And uh, he'll, he'll uh, play that up throughout. But uh, let's get to it. Are you all ready? And you know what we're going to do? Three, two, one, play, and then we'll do it. Okay, ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Play. Let me start out there. Look at see Jesse. <laughs> yeah. A little play on Beverly Hillbillies. The pleasure is all yours. Now here's that string of uh, promos I told you about. In a great way. I'd uh, I'd start with Jake too. Cause he is uh, great. And. You know, and I, I don't know, uh, maybe, I, I don't know about snake behavior, but I always just wondered, you know, that one time that the snake gets pissed off and then bites you. I mean, that's that's all, one time. 
<laughs> and the Macho Man, Randy Savage, along with Elizabeth. Randy in uh, prime condition here. And uh, he's playing the uh, dominant role over Elizabeth, which uh, would not go over very well at all today. And uh, there's my pal, Coco Beware, wearing some uh, white gloves. I don't know, that's uh, maybe Frankie was in a biting mood. I don't know. But right on cue, Frankie squawked. So that was good stuff. And here's Crazy Roddy, who is at the peak of uh, insanity. Son of an unnamed goat. (laughs) So you want to see me, you know, put grandma to bed. This isn't not for, (laughs) might be too much for her. So he's going after Orton, which, uh, you know, uh, is is kind of starting to wear out his welcome in the WWF. And and here we've got, uh, you know, an interesting way they decided to shoot this thing. You got Jimmy Hart, you know, the Hart Foundation and Brett, the Hitman Hart and Jim Neidhart, which really launched a career for Bret Hart. Uh, if you know the story or have uh, tuned in before that uh, Brett was was flailing in the WWF. And it, wasn't, and it wasn't like he was, you know, bad or anything. It's just that they couldn't find what to do with the guy. They knew, they knew he was super talented, but they didn't know what to do with him. And then he found the Hart Foundation. And we got the Hulkster. Everybody, man, nice tan uh, Hulksters, lean and mean here, man, looking good. And he's ready to face Hercules. And here we go. And with the open, remember, you're going to see just about everybody you're going to see in this episode will appear. Uh, I never knew what those boxes were doing flying around. But Saturday night's main event. And Volkov's in there. Uh, there's Roddy. Orton. The Macho Man, Randy Savage. Nikolai again. Slick we saw. There's Coco. Jake. Mr. Fuji's Don Morocco. And Hercules Hernandez, who's... Uh, Got some long uh, locks there. As we get ready and cue the crowd. And it erupts here at the Los Angeles Sports Arena in L.A. It is packed. It definitely uh, is packed. And uh, before we get rolling here, I want to give uh, credit here to blogofdoom.com, the folks where we got the notes for this uh, episode once again. And uh, Vince goes right after Jesse talking about that uh, rug he's got on top of his head. He's not going to dignify those remarks. He said you might flip your wig. Uh, Jesse's like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Very funny. This is this is uh, classic Gene uh, in the hallway, and that's great. You, know, you see Jake in the back. You see the snake is the first thing you see, and this is the big Damien. This is uh, that's probably a, a good ten uh, foot plus Damien and Gene. <laughs> Gene, and watch, watch Gene as he does this through the. He's got the microphone is just shaking. Right, watch with the microphone. He's like. <laughs> And and then he's gonna like watch the thing like he's he's got no idea. He's got, 
you know, Gene, maybe you shouldn't have taken so much away from this interview, but uh, it is classic Gene. And uh, Jake, uh, really, uh, at his best with the promos, I mean, just the slow burn as we continue to see the microphone shake in the shot. But uh, he's getting ready for this matchup with Randy Savage, which uh, is going to be a good one. You're going to like this match. But uh, you know, what else would you expect from those two? They were just tremendous performers all the way around. Gene's just flustered. And then, uh, you know, when he goes to the collar, it's a, uh, oof, man, that was just, just <laughs> above and beyond the call of duty. Yes. And uh, Jesse, Jesse adjusting the, the, the rug there, uh, the, the lid he's got on. And Jesse, you know, providing his expertise, uh, and it, which always made sense. What, whatever Jesse would say when he did do this rundown uh, as a commentator. And uh, once again, Gene, Gene, very busy. Gene is always very busy. And now he's uh, going to welcome the Macho Man Randy Savage. Wow. I, that's an interesting uh, cape he's got this time out with the big collar. Forget her. This, this is this was uh, Randy, uh, you know, uh, on the edge of domestic abuse all the time, which was uh, acceptable, uh, you know, and and uh, kind of walked that line too between uh, babyface and heel here. But uh, I think there, I think even then, I have to admit that, that I think it raised a lot of eyebrows even then. This this approach to how. Uh, he would treat her, and uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Jake already in the ring, and it's already brought Damien out. That was kind of unusual. This, this was a treat for the folks, Saturday night's main event. Uh, usually he would come to uh, the ring, and, and uh, Damien would be in a, a green canvas bag. Uh, not to be unveiled until the end of the match, but he's already has Damien out, and I'm sure that's uh, that's uh, it's going to add a little more intimidation to this encounter as we get ready to go here. And this is a championship match. This is for the Intercontinental Championship. So both of them, uh, you know, great promos going into this matchup. And Randy, now this was in 86, right? And uh, Randy already uh, really uh, very aware of his presence, what he would wear to the ring, and, and was spending a lot of money on these outfits. That, of course, I'm sure that one didn't come cheap. And uh, Jake... As I said, I already had Damien out. This was kind of unusual, and that what well, that, that and that's kind of a uh, a low move, putting Elizabeth in front of him to protect him. And uh, Dave Hebner, the referee here, uh, a little squeamish about holding the bag, so we're gonna <laughs> have a little delay to the start of this thing as the Macho Man Randy Savage gets ready to defend the Intercontinental Championship against Jake the Snake Roberts. And here we go. Finally got Damien in the bag. 
you know, Jake in uh, pretty damn good shape at this point. That's about as uh, good as he gets. I mean, uh, you know, he didn't have the belly and had worked out quite a bit. And uh, Randy, always in good shape too. Let's work on the arm. Jake reverses uh, and grabs the hair. And again, and Hebner trying to, uh, you know, instill some control here, but uh, no chance. Trying to back him off as we're going to take a little break. They lock up again. Rand sends Randy over with an arm drag. And uh, Randy gets near the bag and uh, a little freaked out. Doesn't uh, like the fact that that uh, bag is still basically in the ring. And a a worried Elizabeth looks on. These two of the best workers with the WWF at the time, no question about it. Uh, There were quite a few, but uh, Jake was great. And Randy, I mean, what more can you say? Uh, that guy, every time he stepped into the ring, he gave everything he had. He uh, delivered. Tries to lock in a DDT, just misses, and uh, Randy slips out. So close. Well, he saw an opportunity. Jesse's saying, you know, it's a little early to go for it, but he saw an opportunity and went for it. As Jake goes right after Randy. Jake stays down. Boot to the chest. He tries to lock in that DDT, but Randy, very aware, locks him up and sends him into the corner. Oh, this time Jake comes rushing in, gets both knees right to the face. Tries to, to get a cover here, but Jake kicks out. That didn't take enough out of him. Going to try again to no avail. And a kick to the head. Just trying to wear him down. And Elizabeth worried for a number of reasons. She knows just how dangerous Jake Roberts is and uh, knows that Damien is not too far away and uh, thinking what she wrath she might suffer if Randy Savage loses this match. She even said that if uh, he lost, it would be her fault. We saw that in the promo. And uh, Jake... Ooh, really on the uh, the losing end of all these shots. Another cover, trying to keep him down. And locking up Jake with the rope. Hebner trying to set him free. And Randy obliges just uh, with a little force. <laughs> Oh, going to try again after a foot on the rope, but uh, Jake kicks out. And it, it's fun to watch this match because uh, these guys are in their prime right here. 
Jake in good shape. He's really, really popular with the fans in the WWF at this point. You can just hear the crowd. And this is one of those matches. It's just awesome because the crowd is really into it. If you listen to it. Now, this isn't sweetened up. This crowd really, uh, what you hear is what what's going on. And uh, these guys are so good. And they, they control the tempo of this, this match throughout. Right? As uh, Randy puts the snake underneath the ring as, as Jake tries to break free as he's tied up. And as we come back from commercial, he's still there as Randy uh, appears from underneath the ring. We don't know what he did with Damien. And he's Hebner finally frees. And Randy thinking he's still locked up there. And man, elbow or a knee right to the side of the head. And Elizabeth, boy, she's like thinking, oh boy, what's going to happen here? Is Now Jake goes after the snake. Randy had spent some time under that ring. I don't know what he did. As Jake has turned the table a little bit, but Randy, not giving up, boy. He just uh, fights on. A shot to the midsection. Short. That short little clothesline there drops Randy once again. And now he's going to try and go in for a cover. Nope. And now Randy, very uh, tuned in to where he is in the ring, puts a foot up. And whether or not, you know, Randy was in that state, but he was, you know, he was going to take advantage of an easy opportunity to get a little wind. And Jake just slams Randy down. And again, Randy gets that foot up on the rope and uh, now tries to hook the other leg and he just puts the other leg up as he taunts Elizabeth. Which you know uh, was not going to make Randy happy. And now we get uh, just just basic uh, fisticuffs. Two shots and then a, a shot to the chin and a little bit of an uppercut there. And Hebner warning him with those closed fists. As Jesse points out that this uh, the tide has turned here. Randy in trouble as he uh, continues to try and mount some offense here to turn the tables. Randy, boy, Big Right takes Macho Man right off his feet. And then he tries again with the DDT, but Randy just uses momentum and then uh, gets himself right out of the ring because that was close. A little frustration here for Jake Roberts. And uh, using Elizabeth, as he had on many occasions, as a human shield. And uh, Randy now trying to get to Damien, but uh, Randy sees him turning his back and takes full advantage. And he's going up off the top rope, outside of the ring. A double axe handle right to the back of the head of Jake Roberts. These guys uh, walking a fine line here. 
And now Randy, a back up to the top. And again, another double axe handle. This might be it for Jake Roberts. But kicks out quickly, surprisingly. And now a third time. And man, this time he uh, is greeted with a, a big right from Jake Roberts right to the face. And Elizabeth now very worried. And this has just turned into a brawl at this point. Very clear. These two don't like each other very much. And Jake just drags Macho Man outside of the ring. And he, you know, he wants that belt. So you want to be careful to keep spending that much time outside of the ring. They could end up disqualified. And then uh, there goes that opportunity. Hebner just thrown across the ring by Randy Savage, and that uh, I don't imagine he's going to stand for. And now, wow, now Jake sends Hebner right over the rope so they could care less about what's going on as far as uh, officially uh, happening as Randy tosses a chair in. Hebner taking a beating in this matchup. He might get a chair across the chops if he doesn't watch it. And now Damien. And a lot of these arenas, you know, they were just so tight, they put those uh, barriers so close. And that was how they set things up for uh, boxing matches. They put those tables right along the edge of the ring. That's where the, where the press would be. And timekeepers and everything else. Uh, which made it a bit dangerous for wrestling because a lot of times, you know, things would happen. <laughs> Even Howard uh, scoots out of there in a hurry. And again, it's uh, it's tough to see Howard in any uh, video now after losing him recently. And this is... Uh, a little behind the scenes here of Bobby Heenan and Slick negotiating the uh, change of management, shall we say, for Hercules Hernandez. Oh, they're at a bank. Whoa, 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 says Bobby. Okay, here it is, and it's official. And now you got Bobby Heenan managing... Hercules Hernandez. So uh, they're giving they're giving uh, Ray a big push here. I mean, uh, this is a big opportunity. You get yourself a good manager. Uh, Ray was not uh, he, the greatest stick guy, uh, but uh, he was you know he he was just this massive individual. He could he could work, and uh, you know they gave him a good push here. And this this is for uh, this. Uh, this matchup is going to be for the WWF Heavyweight Championship, as they called it back then. Uh, Hercules with Bobby Heenan at ringside and Hulk Hogan. Man, he looks, uh, Ray looks great. Uh, there you go. 
It's positive, uh, the power of positive thinking. And Gene, uh, once again, really busy. <laughs> and he's with Hulk Hogan, uh, which either he moved real quickly or, um, yeah, it was uh, taped before. Okay. And the Hulkster. Yeah. In prime condition here in 86. And uh, great tan. And he is uh, the champion right now and uh, ready to put it on the line here against Hercules. So <laughs> this is what, what Hulk had uh, talked to before about, you know, with, with promos. And he would, uh, you know... Uh, choose a theme to these and, and kind of weave them throughout. And uh, I'm surprised we didn't get a little bit more about cruising the, you know, the, the, uh, the hog on the Pacific coast highway. Cause they're out in LA, but man, he had his own style in it and boy, did it work. It's a long promo for this though. So you got a battle of, uh, you know, the strongest here in the WWF. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, typical Gene, man, the classic Gene. All right. For the World Heavyweight Championship. (laughs) And, uh, boy, you talk about a, a, a crowd going crazy. Listen to this. And a packed house. So Jesse's saying, you know, look, coming into this, you've got to be pretty cautious. He's facing a guy who is, uh, you know, just as strong as he is, if not stronger. As uh, the Hulkster rips the t-shirt. And off goes the headband. And uh, I'll tell you, folks, uh, being in an arena during this period of time, uh, and of course, this is before I got there, but even when I was there from 87 and on, uh, when Hulk was just uh, at the peak of his popularity, uh, I'm not kidding. You'd be in those arenas, that sound would just, vibrate right through your body you could feel it as uh, we get this uh, test of strength as we begin between Hercules and uh, Hulk Hogan so they go back and forth here Hercules getting the advantage as he drops Hulkster to his knees but you know what Well, Kogan reaching down, asking for this crowd to inject their energy into him, and it's working. Oh, my. Yeah, and down goes Hercules now. He's driven to the canvas. And before that can happen, Ray breaks it up. 
and just lifts Hulk right off his feet. And you know that uh, Hulk Hogan's going, tipping the scale around uh, 300, a solid muscle here. That was not an easy lift. And uh, Hercules now pounding away. These uh, big men go at it. Hard into the turnbuckle. Hulk follows him in with a clothesline. And Hercules, man, uh, rattled at this point. So he takes a couple of rights to the side of the head, sent into the ropes, ducks a clothesline, and a big knee right to the chops. And Bobby Heenan, of uh, as you had heard in the promo, had uh, raised the ire of the Hulkster. And so now Hulk uh, trying to... Bobby, man, he was uh, pretty light on his feet, man. If you ever watch some of the bumps that he took or what he he was really agile and knew knew his way around the ring. And Hulk, man, lifting up right there like he was weighed nothing. That body slam misses with the drop, that leg drop. And Hercules now taking time out to do a little posing. That's a lot of confidence. And uh, Vince saying, you know, what the heck's going on, man? You got to keep, got to keep your focus if you're up uh, in the ring with Hulk Hogan. And this is a match for the championship. Hulk right here in trouble. Obviously, Jesse, no fan of the Hulkster. Now, uh, Jesse upset over the fact that uh, not only was Hebner, uh, Dave Hebner, in for the Intercontinental Championship match, now he's here for the WWF uh, Heavyweight Championship match, and uh, he thinks that that uh, shouldn't happen, especially after the physical uh, trauma he suffered in that encounter. As uh, Hercules, I had never really understood the old uh, bear hug squeeze uh, that that would wear people down or whatever, or that they couldn't get out of it. I don't know. I just always had a little issue with that. Backbreaker, Hulk Hogan. And uh, Hercules continues to stretch him there. We got a wax cup in the ring. Somebody doesn't like what's going on. (laughs) Toss that thing in there. And uh, Ray again, man, taking his time. You can't do that when you're in the ring with somebody like Hulk Hogan. And now, showing just again that strength lifts Hulk Hogan up. The backbreaker and and just bouncing him around. And uh, Hulk at his mercy at this point. And, And Jesse saying that, Hulk Hogan uh, it submitted here. Saying that, and, and it looks like Hernandez thinks that's exactly what happened. And now, really upset, because Hefner's saying, no, that's, this match is still on. Jesse, just uh, really adamant that he heard Hulk Hogan say he quit. And uh, Jesse really goes just keeps going on. It's just uh, a farce here at this point. And 
Hulk Hogan kicks out of a, a kind of a lame cover there as he's catapulted. He's just launched off the chest of Hulk Hogan. And uh, as we will have seen this happen uh, many, many times uh, before and after this, Hulk down, 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 you know, just on his last uh, breath for holding on and, uh, and then just powers back as Hernandez just gave him everything he had. And here comes Hulk Hogan back, energized and ready to wreak havoc. Right to the forehead, drops Hernandez. Elbow followed up by that with that. And uh, now sends him into the turnbuckle. Let's go for a little tour. All right. And uh, how about one more? There you go. And let's get the crowd to count. Let's, what, what do you say, 10? Why was it always 10? Well, not even 10. Well, knife edge chop. Hernandez in serious trouble. Big boot to the noggin. And there is the world famous, well known leg drop. It says in these notes that it was uh, one of his first, uh, the debut of the big boot leg drop. Uh, but. Uh, we don't know for sure. It says, uh, I believe. So, but anyway, it was early on when we would start to see this. Uh, when you saw this happen in a matchup, you knew that it was uh, it was over. That big leg drop would become the big finisher for Hulk Hogan. As uh, Ray Hernandez, that chance slips away. And he thought he had Hulk Hogan submitted. And that wasn't the case. So, here we go. And uh, Jesse's saying this is just, uh, this was not, this is not a legitimate win. But, regardless, it will stand. It is official. It was announced. And uh, Hulk Hogan do what, doing what he does best, man, working a crowd. And they just loved every second. There we go. As Hogan poses. And they are. They are absolutely fired up. Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event. And Jesse wants a replay. He wants uh, he wants the world to know. He wants to find out. Hey, let's get to this. It's an investigation now. As Vince uh, continues to let everybody at home know if they can't hear it, there's an arena that is just erupting with uh, their favorite champion, Hulk Hogan. And Jesse continues to say uh, that uh, Vince is a biased announcer really come on it's professional wrestling for god's sakes <laughs> jesse says this is wrestling this is he thinks this is a beauty contest well i'll tell you they delivered with that one okay yeah all right, so they tried a bunch of different things here, you know, with these shows. Uh, you got a coming up. You got uh, a little quick promo there by 
hot rod. So it was uh, it was great. You know, I really really loved that they tried a bunch of new things on these shows. We didn't they didn't get into a formula ever. And we got Jesse still with the uh, the rug on. As they're at some restaurant in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, Jesse with his exclusive interview with Jimmy Hart and Cowboy Bob Orton. I don't know, did they let you in the restaurant without a shirt on? No shirt, no shoes, no service? Not at this place. And he's uh, talking about, uh, you know, giving... It's supposed to be a legit interview here, but uh, we've got uh, Jesse kind of giving him some inside scoop here and things he needs to watch out for. Okay, so... And uh, as it said, it, it start to, to uh, you know, this is a point, and Orton made several appearances with the WWF. This was, uh, he would be gone soon after this, uh, not for the last time. And uh, talking about, cheese, what went wrong as they uh, spent some money on this? And... Uh, Do a nice feature piece. And what 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 was what what happened? What it was so wonderful at once? They were <laughs> it's like <laughs> some Oh the memories. Oh the memories, yes. Even a kiss. As uh they take care of Mr. Wonderful here. And, uh, you know, all good things must come to an end. So in, here comes Roddy. So they, re- they really jam these full, you know, they got the interview at the restaurant, wherever that is. And where where you where were you, Roddy? I mean, sorry, <laughs> soaking wet. And we're already talking about betrayal. So things, you know, they just said turn turn bad. The, the, the tables had turned here. They, what once was a great relationship, uh, as we have seen in the past, uh, had, had soured. Uh, instead of just parting as uh, friends, uh, no. You gotta, he's got to get even. There's got things. Things must be settled. And Jesse, uh, as you saw there in that interview with Orton, warning him about some of the tactics that uh, Piper was capable of. As uh, Gene wraps it up, uh, now you got Morocco in a in a kilt here, uh, up, and just to uh, raise the ire, I'm sure of Roddy Piper. And uh, so's Orton. So they're they're uh, no clearly here. They're they're trying to get under his skin, and we know how emotional Roddy is. So I'm sure it works. Uh, and Orton wearing the green plaid, uh, interesting choice.
So uh, this is a grudge match. This is uh, there's this is a lot involved here. And Morocco at ringside, uh, it's kind of serving as the enforcer, security. And, of course, Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart. And uh, I have a feeling that uh, somehow there's... Morocco is going to get a little more involved in this one. What do you think? And Roddy trying to get Morocco as he scoots off the apron. And we still have not started this matchup. So uh, Hebner's like uh, Gene. A lot of work tonight. He's got uh, this matchup too. And uh, they have security come out. They have uh, police officers come out to escort Morocco into the backstage area as Roddy waves goodbye. But Orton seizes that chance, and Roddy just goes crazy with a flurry of punches and just bulldogs him into the canvas. And Orton's like, all right, all right, all right, hold up, hold up. Just uh, let me get things together here. Yeah, we're going to fight, but uh, give me a second. Uh, I'm, a, I'm fine. <laughs> Where am I? El Paso. And Piper, uh, you, you know, not, not beyond uh, using questionable tactics, shall we say, biting the head of Orton as he's sent flying into the uh, turnbuckle and uh, flips. Ends up on his head. Oh, boy. And uh, everybody's like, come on. Come on, clean it up, Roddy. Clean it up here. Three stooges there and big right. And this is personal. This is no question. I mean, that uppercut sends him right off his feet up into the top of the turnbuckle. And uh, Bob Orton really, really in trouble at this point. This is this is a fight. This is not a match. And a big knee right under the chin. This may be it. This may this may be all uh, he needed to do. No, Orton reaches down, kicks out. And there you go, into the ropes. And now Orton, even though he's uh, in a weakened state, still aware enough to take advantage of an opportunity. Gets in a shot there, and then Roddy now in a little bit of trouble. And Hebner having a, a real tough time trying to keep control of this one. Oh. That wasn't a back break. That was more like a, a gut wrencher. And now Roddy, I mean, that was close. And Orton getting back here, a little offense. And misses there, though, with the elbow. Well, Piper and uh, Jimmy Hart makes a mistake getting up on the ring. And boy, he goes down hard. Rolls him up. And that was enough here for Piper 
to get that clean victory, rolls him up, and uh, he has only Jimmy Hart to blame for that, getting up on there and causing a little distraction. And uh, Jimmy Hart, man, took a bit of a, a, a couple of shots in this. <laughs> and that's all he came to do. Got it done, and I'm out. That's Orton left stunned in the ring. And a young uh, Howard Finkel in the background there. And uh, now we're back in. This is we've got uh, tag team competition. And uh, Gene just able to come in. He's got to be very careful. You know, uh, you don't know what state that uh, you may find Roddy, but he's got to be happy. Did was it enough to settle it? Not a not a big deal. Not enough. He needs, he's got more more grudges to settle. No. Yeah. He, and I'll tell you uh, from doing interviews with with uh, Roddy, I mean, you, you never knew where you were going to go. You, you, even if you had a, an idea of what the subject matter was. But you just you just followed along. You just uh, tried to stay with them. <laughs> just listen, pay attention. Oh, now see now when somebody else wears it, those are dresses. As uh, so you saw, Morocco and Orton wearing kilts. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, nobody said it better than that, Gene. He was one of a kind. You got the Killer Bees facing the Hart Foundation. Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got the, the British Bulldogs got the belts here. So this is all in part of the plan. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Any time to hear his laugh was worth it. Yeah, jumping Jim Brenzel as the you know part of the killer killer bees. And as I mentioned at the top of this, that, uh, you know, the formation of this tag team, the Hart Foundation, uh, really uh, launched Brett's career in the WWF. Oh, boy, it takes a knee. That was a great shot. And Spenzel nails it. And he was a, 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 a tactician. Now, B. Brian Blair comes in. And that's a B, comes flying off the second rope. As he continues the onslaught against Bret Hart. But 
as I said, though, that, uh, you know, Bret Hart was, it wasn't that he was bad by any stretch of the imagination. And, and uh, it's just they didn't know what to do with him. And see, they, they've got the, 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 remember they did this bit where they would have the masks on where they would uh, go under the ring and then you'd confuse everybody as to who was who. Yeah. So uh, you think maybe the masks might come into play here? Who knows? But uh, anyway, as I was saying about Brett, uh, they had you know all these crazy ideas for him. These because they knew they, what they had. They'd seen uh, what he could do, and that's one of the reasons they wanted to bring him to the WWF. Of course, along with the uh, British Bulldogs, who were certainly. Uh, at the top of that list as uh, when Vince bought Stampede Wrestling. But they knew Brett was uh, was uh, a really good wrestler. They just didn't know what to do with him. And at one point, they were going to call him the cowboy or something. He was going to come into the ring on a horse. And, I mean, it was just crazy. And he tells a story that he came up with the idea of the Hart Foundation because uh, this way he would be able to work with Jim. And then also have uh, Jimmy Hart as their manager because he knew that uh, he was he was uh, good. He would help promote them, put them over. And he had pitched this idea to them after the last one with them making him a cowboy or whatever. And they initially had just said, no, you know, it's, it's fine or whatever. And then I, th- I guess like a couple weeks later, they came to him and said, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to form the Hart Foundation, just like you said. And I don't know if, uh, the, you know, other people take credit for that. Uh, I've heard it, different stories. I don't know if when they did tell him, they acknowledged that it was his idea originally, but it didn't matter because for him, uh, he got what he wanted. He ended up being able to do what he wanted to do. And it really certainly helped all of their careers, uh, Jim Neidhart. And then when Brett would later on, you know, go to singles competition, a very much a great superstar on his own, but if it wasn't for this, who knows what would have happened if they wouldn't have become the Hart Foundation. So very fortunate that that's uh, that they went for it and let them do it because we all know it, they certainly worked as the Hart Foundation, no question about it. Apparently they only had one referee in the building that night. Hebner just uh, has done every one of these matches as uh, you've got <laughs> I love Nightheart there. He's like, what? Puts his hands up. Like, what? What are you talking about as they <laughs> work on Brunzel in the corner? Oh, man, that's that's great. He sold that well. And uh, Nightheart gets a elbow right there as uh, Blair, really, he takes a shot at ringside. But, you know, you're going to get up on that apron and... Uh, Start trying to get into the mix. Nightheart takes quick advantage. Oh, back, backbreaker. And Brett misses with that elbow as Brunzel, you know, very quick and aware. But wow, just went flying over the uh, second rope there. Didn't get a chance to get a piece of that second rope, you know, that would have. Broken his fall a little bit more 
as he gets encouragement from his tag team partner, B. Brian Blair. Comes over. Uh-oh, down goes Brett. Oh, boy. Gets slammed with the legs there, and uh, Brett comes back hard. Makes a tag, in comes Neidhart. His turn to deliver a little justice here. As uh, Brazel tries with a couple of shots of the midsection, but you're not going to penetrate that uh, galley. <laughs> There's no way. I don't think a, a log would have done that. And there goes the tag as they still have Brunzel in their corner. Not getting any chance to get over to get his uh, some relief from Blair. And Neidhart, you know, abiding by the rules there, just making sure everybody knows he's good. Oh, and again. Brett. Back and forth there. Wow. That flying drop kick there. Really got the, uh, really, that just landed in Bret Hart in trouble. Fortunately, he was close enough to Neidhart to make the tag as Brunzel tried to get to Blair. And uh, now Neidhart's, oh, Hebner not recognizing the tag as Bret and Neidhart send the whole tag team, send both of them on onto the floor. What's going on? Oh, now we saw them with the mask before. What's going on? As they go under the ring, but you saw them. You saw them with the masks. So what's, uh... oh boy. All right, so who's who? Who's the legal man? Now, if they're both beat up, uh, does it matter which one's got the mask on? I don't see the advantage here at this point. But besides creating some confusion, it's a big rights there. Yeah, that's Blair. And Brett misses with the swing there. Gets the ear clap. Neidhart gets slung right into Brett. Brett goes flying out of the ring right there by the announce table. And he locks in a sleeper hold on Neidhart. And now uh, the confusion reigning here. Brett comes off the uh, the top turnbuckle there to break it up anyway. And now he's acting like they, they make the switch without the tag. And uh, Jesse making the point that the, the reason they're doing this is, of course, whoever is the fresher man is going to be able, they're going to be able to switch. He rolls up uh, Brett in a small package and... Gets the pin. 
And Jesse uh, saying this is an outrage. This is something, uh, you know, the officials need to step in. And, and and this is a huge win for the Killer Bees. Because, uh, as we know, the, the Hart Foundation, they're contenders for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championship. And uh, this is going to uh, catapult them as they make the switch here, see? And uh, they re- they're not accepting this defeat. They're not, not, uh, they're not accepting this at all, so. Okay. And uh, not quite sure where they have the plants there, but uh, maybe a Saturday night's main event uh, sign might have been a little better, but hey, uh, we're in the jungle with, uh, with Frankie. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the point of that promo was, but uh, he's got Nikolai Volkov coming up. So, of course, the, the tie-in, I guess, with Russia... And Gene, <laughs> I'm sure he felt the same way. All right, so you've got uh, Nikolai Volkov, and then, you know, and Slick's got the, the chin music going on. He's got that uh, long goatee, let it grow out a little bit with the big sideburns. And he's managing Nikolai at this point, after, of course, having uh, given up, the sold the contract of Hercules Hernandez. So he's got uh, a lot of money in the bank right now. So uh, the Slickster, the Slickster uh, now though uh, focusing on the efforts of Nikolai Volkov as he again sings the awful rendition of the Russian national anthem. And Jesse just said, pointing out, not that he's a fan of Russia, but you need to have respect for whoever is in the ring, and if they want to honor uh, their home country, you should let them, because it's network television. I'm not going to let them sing the whole song. And uh, Slickster there, you know, uh, nursing a bad wing there. Yeah, that's right, because Slickster's got it all. The short tie and the high pants, and (laughs) he's got... Uh. And, uh, you know, and we've talked about managers before. Uh, Slick was so unique. I mean, he really was, and just really good on the mic. And uh, at the time, you know, you had Bobby, you had Jimmy Hart, you had uh, Slick. And uh, they were really, they were the best they were in the business. There's no question about it. And, and, and so different from one another. And I think that was another thing that made them stand out so much. And Jesse with the good luck charms hanging from his neck and the really strange-looking squirrel on his head. As Frankie 
making an appearance here on Saturday night's main event, Network Television. And at this point, he was a vet. He uh, was very used to the large crowds and, uh, and hanging with Coco. But if you ever want to hear about, and it's a hilarious story uh, about uh, the early days of Coco with Frankie, you've got to check out his episode from the archives because it's just hilarious. Uh, you know, he when he had first signed with the WWF, uh, Coco talks about, you know, his wife had told him that, uh, that it would be great if he could have this bird as Coco the Birdman because he had used that prior to that, but he never, never had a bird. And when he talked to Vince, uh, you know, he said that they, he was, went to meet with him and they had the meeting and it all went great. And Vince said, we want you here. And uh, as he's getting ready to walk out the door, Vince says to him, is there anything you need? And he just remembered this, uh, you know, at, trying to figure out a way to work in the conversation. And Vince opened the door to it and he told him about having this bird and Vince loved it and said, do it. And he basically got this bird and had no idea, no idea what to do with it. Had no idea how to train it, how to control it, how to do anything. And, uh, and Coco, great move there. Uh, Nikolai probably thought he had the uh, upper upper hand there but uh, Coco quick cover here uh, as he gets uh, catapulted off the chest that big barrel chest of Nikolai and boy showing a little agility here big spin spin kick uh, Nikolai now bouncing Coco off that top rope but one of the, the, the funniest stories is him talking about uh, one of the first times he took Frankie to the ring and uh you know, Frankie uh, wanted no part of it. And the entire way he's going out there, the things, the birds biting the crap out of him. And uh, he's got a stick and he's like, like hitting the bird to make him stop. And he realized then that he was going to have to get some serious training for this bird. If he was going to be able to make this gimmick work, but just great. Check out that episode with Coco. It's a great episode anyway, but uh, the, the, uh, the teaming up of, of Coco and Frankie is, is just hilarious. And Nikolai. And Nikolai turns that into a backbreaker. Tries going for a cover. But picks him up before he gets a count. He wants to do some more damage. And... Uh, not a not a wise move here. Uh, Nikolai goes over to talk to Slick, and man, not uh, not a wise decision there. As Coco takes advantage and rolls him up and gets three count. And uh, not sure if Slick called him over or if Nikolai went over. And he's trying to argue. And uh, Coco, man, that's. That's heads up. That's what you call heads up. And uh, down down goes Coco. And there you go. Hulk Hogan uh, getting ready. Uh, it's uh, 
to talk to the to me and Gene here about uh, that championship match. As uh, what Jesse had said, you know that it was a, not a legitimate win that he had he had uh, tapped out basically. But really, just another opportunity to get Hulk in front of the camera, and that's what people tuned in for. So let's give them what they want. I think a lot of people just tuned in because they wanted to see Mean Gene Okerlund. But uh, that's just me. I'm biased. <laughs> but, of course, I mean, really, Hulk was the one who was driving that bus. And uh, that was a big reason folks were tuning into network television, man. If it wasn't for the Hulkster, it would have never, ever happened. And now you see... Uh, Dick Slater coming in to the ring. Uh, kind of going with a rebel uh, with the flag. Uh, and Gene Moy, he is, uh, he's all over the place in these shows. Uh, as you see, Morocco's still wearing the kilt. We saw him earlier at ringside uh, in the kilt uh, trying to fire up uh, Roddy Piper. As uh, uh, Roddy said, no, no, that's not a kilt when they wear it. It's a dress. And Mr. Fuji uh, providing a really, really, really bad rendition. And uh Boy. Fuji uh, singing Dixieland. Uh, boy, got away with a lot of things back then as we join this in progress. So you can imagine what kind of a match this was. And it's a quick, it's a quick one, but uh, certainly not great. Um, if you remember back then, you know, Slater got some play, but uh, not much. And, uh, Morocco getting in some work here. I mean, he's on, he's getting the network exposure, but uh, not a great match. And Slater pushes Morocco into the ropes, rolls him up. But uh, man, and even Morocco's like, what the, what the hell was that? And Slater keeps right on him. Big right drops him. And another one, man, and uh, big shots there. It's a rebel trying to get this going. You saw he had the uh, Confederate flag as <laughs> he came out to the ring. Couldn't do that these days, that's for sure. And Slater now going up the top rope here, but Morocco back on his feet. And man, takes a big shot to the top of the head. Is that it? No. And Fuji. Make sure that his rope get his uh, foot gets on that rope, so they have to break. Slater not happy. Let's see what these managers do best. It's distract, right? You always had to watch with uh, Mister Fuji. He's got that cane. Well, he didn't even need it. He just used his his hand there to trip up Slater. And Morocco misses with the elbow. Can't take advantage. 
with Slater obviously knows what happened and not happy. There's a short clothesline, hooks a leg, and uh, that's going to make it clean for the one, two, three. But you're going to see. Fuji trips him up. Morocco gets the win, and uh, that's that's going to be it for the action in this matchup. And uh, we get to see Jesse in his rug again. Uh, that didn't last long. I think that was just something he wanted to show off. But uh, it's not a bad one, right? Hair matches, the color matches, and uh, combs in real nice. You can see on the sides, that's where you look. Right? So, Jesse, Jesse said, I think Hulk Hogan's getting tired out. It's getting old. And, yeah, this is 86, folks. We got a lot a lot more Hulkster to come. And as we're going to do the uh, the double close again, so we come out. Here we are. Uh, yes, Jesse's town because uh, there you go. I dig the glasses, though. Dig those. There you go, Dick Eversall and Vince McMahon, executive producers. Good stuff. There we go. Boy, long uh, credits on this one. Get everybody in there. Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse Productions. That was, that was a big production house in uh, New York City. And they call it on there. So I think they're saying uh, there was once a month productions. I thought uh, Ebersol's production company, though, was no sleep. So I'm not quite sure how that all fit in. But, hey, there you have it um, as we uh, continue to roll along here. And, uh, you know, like I said, these were fun to watch. Um, and, I, and I would think they would be fun for anybody, even if you weren't a, you know, a big wrestling fan, because they made them out to be, you know, the very uh, – you know, big shows, and uh, I'm sure even if you weren't a fan, though, you you you'd heard of uh, Hulk Hogan, and a lot of these other stars are the Macho Man Randy Savage, of course, uh, and so they would put all these guys out there, and uh, really deliver. I mean, these were some decent matches. Even uh, I enjoyed the one with uh, Hulk and, and Hercules, and of course, uh, the best best for me though, I lo- I really liked the uh, Jake Roberts and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. But um, the fact that they had all these guys out there, that's why I love to watch these shows back then because they had, you know, the, the, big, the biggest stars going against the biggest stars. And so they, they really uh, put together quite a show for people that they could tune in. And, uh, and they went at work because this was, you know, they, they had a lot of years where they had Saturday Night's Main Event. And if those shows were not doing good ratings... For the network, they would have been gone. They would have found something else to put in there, or like I said, it gone back to reruns. But it had one hell of a run. It really did, and uh, and I think it worked as far as bringing new new uh, fans to the WWF. Um, you know, during that period of time that we saw uh, from you know eighty five all the way up until ninety one or so. I mean, it was uh, it was good times. It was good times for the. World Wrestling Federation, and then, of course, uh, becoming the WWE. They had some downtime there, but uh, 
at this point in time, it was still they were still riding the wave, and uh, nothing that uh, it seemed the WWF did would fail. Uh, it's only when they started getting into these other ventures, such as Ico Pro, you know, supplements, uh, bodybuilding, and uh, even those early movies were not uh, well, really uh, ever. Uh, but <laughs> back then, it was uh, a little bit different. So. It was, uh, you know, I, I really like doing these. I, I, I'll do more of them. Um, <clears throat> the superstars shows and the challenge, and I'm hoping that they're going to bring back challenge. Maybe in the not too different future, we will see those. Um, they and, and hopefully they'll add more uh, seasons of uh, superstars because <clears throat> right now they basically have one up, but they got a lot of programming that uh, they can, uh, you know, debut. And I'm hoping that in the coming years and coming months, especially now that uh, I have to imagine numbers got to be up for people with the network, with folks at home and uh, some time in their hands to listen, that uh, they will start uh, listening to some of these requests that people want to uh, have them uh, release these shows. And it would be fantastic if they did. But uh, meantime, I mean, there's still plenty to, to watch. We've, we've uh, just, you know, there's a lot of seasons ahead of other shows that we can keep going after, and that would include Saturday night's main event. Uh, I hope that you'll keep tuning in to our network classics as we uh, drop them every Monday, every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Also, original episodes coming up. And uh, this week's fun, if uh, you caught the episode last week, we uh, had the uh, the author of uh, Nitro. And, uh, you know, of course, the story of the the Monday Night Wars and, and Eric Bischoff and uh, the gang. And so we had Guy Evans on, who is the author. And this week we follow it up with uh, the man himself, Eric Bischoff. Uh, we had a great conversation. And, uh, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to tune in because you want to hear about that, that period of Monday Night Wars, well, uh, you know, you would be disappointed as far as uh, hearing, you know, the details because, come on, let's be honest with you, so much is done it has been done between the books and uh, all the, the the podcasts, and of course you can hear it every week. I mean, eighty three weeks is the podcast that specifically uh, focuses on that period of time in uh, uh, in Eric Bischoff's life. But uh, we talk about everything uh, leading up to it, and uh, you know how, how he got there and beyond. And it is uh, re- it was really interesting conversation. There's a lot of questions I had even after having read all the books and everything else that uh, I got a chance to ask him. And so be sure and tune in this Wednesday, uh, if you're if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, for that episode with Eric. And I really want to thank him for coming on. I appreciate uh, that he took the time to come on and chat with us for, for a, a good long time. So uh, I thank him for that. And as I said, you could, of course, uh, you know, every week you can catch him with Conrad on 83 Weeks as uh you know they talk about all the details of that but uh, we really had a great a great conversation so i hope you'll tune in to that and then of course on saturday we'll have another vault episode that we bring out uh, from the library that uh, perhaps you haven't heard before and you can catch that uh if you want to hear all of this all that content early and ad free just go to patreon.com slash primetime mooney patreon.com slash primetime mooney and you get it all get it all uh, early and ad free 
And, of course, uh, when we do videos, like this interview coming up on Wednesday, we've got um, – we did on Skype, and it is, it's got video, too, so with, uh, with Eric. And uh, you get to check that out first on Patreon uh, with, uh, with the video. So uh, we'd love to have you become a Patreon member. Again, go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney. Get it all early and ad-free for just four ninety nine a month. All that content. All right. Uh, love to hear from you again. Um, please email me at uh, primetimemooney at gmail.com. That's primetimemooney at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at primetimemooney. And uh, that's, that's going to do it. So until the next Network Classic, uh, and of course, tune in this Wednesday for that episode with Eric and uh, the Vault episode on Saturday. Okay? Uh, be safe. Stay healthy. Until next time. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. Mm-hmm.